0: Welcome, everybody, to the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. I'm the Bible teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, and I'm also the executive director of the International Outreach and Disciple-Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. For the last 30 years, we've had ministry expressions in over 70 countries. You can learn more about the effective manner in which we're raising up national evangelists, disciple-makers, and church planters by going to cpeonline.org or traincpe.org. To learn more about our ministry in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Let's turn now to take up a consideration of the important topic of being born again. Just today, a woman shared with me that she had attended a church for many years and that during that time, she had never once heard the term born again, and she was surprised to find that it was actually a biblical term. Here are a few verses that speak of this new birth. Second Corinthians five seventeen, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Galatians six fifteen, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but a new creation. John chapter one verses twelve and thirteen, but as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believed in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but born of God. And John 3.3, Jesus answered Nicodemus and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, what we did last week was we explored what we've been talking about over the last number of weeks. We talked about the four initial movements of personal salvation. We awake, we repent, we believe or have faith, and we convert or we turn. We notice that these first four expressions come to us from God as calls to action, as commands that God gives us. God commands us to awake. God commands us to repent, God commands us to believe, God commands us to turn. What we also noticed was that in these steps into personal salvation, that although these are things that are commanded from us, and things that we offer to Him, that at the same time, the Bible is quite clear to demonstrate to us that the very actions are actions that God does within us, and so, in coming to Jesus Christ, I awoke, but... He opened my mind, and He opened my heart, and He opened my eyes to see and to know and to understand, and He woke me up, and I repented, but the Bible is clear that God is the one who gives us or grants the gift of repentance. And I believed, but the faith that was expressed in that belief was not mine, but His gift to me, and I turned my whole being over to Him, and yet He was the one who turned me to Himself. But these are the things we looked at last week. But now comes the momentum out of these four things that God calls us to and God does in us comes this work of regeneration, the new birth, being born again. And in regeneration, there is no corresponding action on our part. There is no command given to us to be obeyed. Regeneration is a work of God that God does all alone within us without any expression on our part, without any action on our part. Those first four expressions were something that God did through us or along with us, but regeneration is something that God does in us, all by Himself. So, we'll just make this as our first observation and then we'll begin adding additional observations to this over time. But the first observation is simply this. Regeneration is an internal work where God makes us a whole new person by putting His life in us. Regeneration is an internal work where God makes us a whole new person by putting His life in us. And you should write it down because over the next little while here I just want to explain that statement. Paris Reedhead, in his work Getting Evangelical Saved has a nice little illustration illustrating regeneration. He points out that when man fell into sin at that point in time that spiritual nature that was made in man collapsed and fell and He became spiritually dead. What happened in this fall was that he lost his capacity to spiritually receive the things of God. The spiritual receptors in men was cut off so that the beacon of God's own life could no longer be received by him. He points out that there are various atmospheres that we live in. We live in the atmosphere of air and our lungs are made to receive that air and we breathe and we live. We live in an atmosphere where we're surrounded by sound waves and our ears are made to collect those sound waves and as we collect them, we hear. But we are also made within an atmosphere in which God is all around us communicating himself and God had made man with the spiritual capacity to collect the waves, you might say, of his own presence and commune with him. So in Acts chapter 17, Paul tells us that Not only are we surrounded by air and sound waves, but he says of God that in Him we live, and we move, and we have our being. That God is there. The very nature of God, and the truths of God, and the voice of God, and the Spirit of God is sounding forth all around us. But that natural man fallen in his sin, which is a description of all men, apart from the work of Christ and trusting in that work. Natural man does not receive these things of God, though God is all around him, because they are spiritually received, and he or she is spiritually dead. Reedhead uses the illustration of a television set, and he beckons our mind back to that time when the book was written in which television sets were all tuned into their antennas. So you had your antenna set up on the top of your house or you had a wire from your closet, a hanging wire stringing between your TV to just get the right signal and you'd have your boy get up there and hold on to it and stand a certain way so that you could get the picture nice and clear. He said, you know, he might get up in the morning and decide that he wanted to watch the news in the morning and he went to turn his TV on and there was nothing there, nothing being received. And so he called out to his wife and he said, Honey, this TV is dead. Now, it's there in front of him. All its parts are there, but for some reason, it wasn't receiving the signal, and the signal was out there. The waves were in the air that were to be received and transmitted to that television set so it could communicate truth or information, could be communicated through it, I should say. Maybe a wire has come loose up in the top of the attic, and he needs to plug it in so that his antenna, maybe there was a windstorm and the antenna blew down. Maybe it's something as simple as the fact that The cat got behind the television set and unplugged the TV and he just has to plug it in. Maybe a bulb has gone bad. Do you remember that when you were little kids and the TV repairman used to come to your house? What an entertaining afternoon that was. (laughs) Watching him replace the television bulb in the back of your television set. Just something like that needed to take place. and, And then the TV would once again begin receiving those signals that were all around it and transmitting it to you. And so, God is here all around us, all around men everywhere. But man can't apprehend Him. They can't experience Him. They can't know Him because man is spiritually dead. He's unplugged. His receiving set is dead. But at regeneration, God turns us back on. God makes it possible so that we can receive into our lives the things of God. We can receive the echoes and reverberations of His life. And so goes the illustration that Reedhead provides for us, and it is a good illustration. But it doesn't go far enough. Regeneration is more than just receiving the spiritual broadcast of God all around us. It is receiving God Himself into our very beings so that every part of us blossoms with His life. This is not, by the way, renovation. God doesn't come and renovate some old house. What He does is He comes and He gives to us a whole new life that's all our own and is all of Himself. This life is Christ Himself, by the Holy Spirit, becoming our very life. He becomes our light. He becomes our salvation. He comes to us and we may say, He comes to us so really and so truly that we may say that we are His body and He is our head. We can't live without Him and we have no life and we realize we had no life before Him. But when He became our head, we were invigorated and we became a living being spiritually alive. This is what it means to be regenerated. Salvation, in a sense, is made of two components. There is an element, if you broke it down, there are other ways of describing it, but if you broke them down, you could break them down into two broad categories. One of the categories is the doctrine or category of justification. The other one is this category that we call regeneration. When a person believes in Jesus Christ and puts his faith in Jesus Christ, at that moment he's justified, and when God justifies us, What God does is God establishes over us a legal decree where God sets in heaven or sets us before Him in heaven and before His holy bench, God declares that we have been forgiven of all of our sins. That all of our sins have been atoned for. That is, they've been covered in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins upon the cross. Not only does God declare that we are forgiven of all of our sins and that our sins have been covered and so they've been removed from our lives. The record of our sins is taken legally out of the way. But God then, in the same manner, applies to our lives the record of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He covers us under the heading of all that Christ is and all of His righteousness. And all this takes place in heaven. So in heaven God now looks down upon us seeing the covering of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ removing from us the sentence of our sins and all of our sins and God looks down upon us seeing us covered completely and all the record of all the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We're covered in His righteousness. We're justified. Justification takes place. It's a legal decree that takes place in heaven. Regeneration is this other part of salvation. Regeneration takes place on earth. God comes down. He comes into the repenting and believing heart. By the Holy Spirit, He enters into us and brings to us the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And He makes us a new person. One is an external expression of God's justice over our lives. Regeneration is internal. One is God covering us, and the other, God brings us into a whole new existence, one in which we become a wholly new person. And so Colossians 1.27 says, this is the mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's for generation. generation. Second Corinthians chapter 5.17, which we read again, says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature or creation old things have passed away everything has become new well thank you for listening to the ministry of the bread of life to learn more about our ministry let me suggest you go to one of two websites go to traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism discipleship and church planting or to learn about our work in your community go to bread of life, Boise. Org. Until the next time, God bless you.